Welcome to Uncharted Territory. In the last episode, Player and Ninja, accompanied by Mimic, embark on an adventure to the cave. During their journey, Ninja expresses her enthusiasm and commitment to protecting Player, revealing her passion and training as a ninja. Their playful interaction transitions into a more serious tone as they approach the cave, where Ninja's skills are tested against lurking dangers. This is episode four, Deadly Depths. Ninja continued to prove just how capable she was as we ventured deeper into the cave than me and Mimic ever went. She flawlessly dealt with every single enemy we came across without an issue. Not a single one of them ever even came close to hurting her, and she proved that she was a far greater fighter than I was. It wouldn't surprise me if she was able to defeat the first two bosses all on her own with as powerful as she seemed, though Mimic did help every now and then. Whenever there were too many enemies for her to kill all at once, Mimic jumped in and took out whichever ones she didn't get to yet. Ninja and Mimic left a trail of destruction, and by destruction, I mean loot via monster drops in their wake. And while they killed everything around... I mined any ores we came across, got some more clay and stone while I was at it, and also broke any more pots we came across to get more loot from them. Aside from more coins and a few potions than I already had some of, I also got some more bombs. I liked bombs. I also really wanted to show Ninja the power of bombs, since she never got to experience them before. And while thinking of Ninja and bombs, I thought of the bosses. What would happen if I tried throwing a bomb into the mouth of the Watcher, or inside of the Slime Monarch? If it exploded inside of them, I wanted to know what would happen. That might turn out to be an incredibly effective way of killing bosses. Since there was some element of realism in the world when it came to how combat worked, I doubted most bosses would survive or be able to put up much of a fight after having a bomb blow up inside of them. Yeah, I really wanted to try that out. And since the bosses I already defeated were basically just soulless copies, I could test out all sorts of ideas on them without feeling bad about it. I also made the decision to have Ninja train me sometime. She clearly had real experience with fighting, unlike me. I was basically only surviving through some basic problem-solving skills so far, and I doubted that those would be enough to keep me alive forever. If I wanted to maximize my chances of survival, I had to learn how to really fight. And learning how to fight from somebody who actually knew how to already was going to be a lot more effective than me trying to get better all on my own. Also, learning how to fight like a ninja appealed to my inner nerd. But then, while I was in the middle of mining out some more iron, I heard Ninja call out to me from up ahead. Lord Player! I believe we may have found something of interest. All right, I'll be right over. I shouted back, mining the last few chunks of iron before heading over to where her and Mimic were while placing down more torches along the walls. And once I reached where they were, I understood why she called for me. Standing before us was a normal-looking rock wall, except for the fact that there was a high-tech white door covered in blood, broken open in the middle of it. Beyond the door 
was a corridor filled with even more blood splattered across it with flickering ceiling lights. That meant we found the first mini-dungeon of the game. This architecture looks unlike any I've ever seen before, Ninja said. What is this place? It's a mini-dungeon, I answered. There are a few labs like this scattered around the place. Usually you find them by exploring the surface, finding a small white shack in the middle of nowhere, and then taking an elevator inside of it down into the dungeon. But they're usually connected to caves via doors like this, too. So we found the back of it instead of finding the proper entrance to it. But it doesn't really matter. And as far as the original game's lore went, these underground facilities were where the zombies were invented, basically. Testing facilities that the zombies broke out from. Oh, I see. When you call it a dungeon, do you mean that prisoners are kept within it? It's a dungeon in a game sense. That means it has stronger monsters than usual, and they respawn faster in there. But there's also usually loot to make up for it. For this one, depending on its size, it can have between two to four gold-tier chests, has five unique items, but only two can spawn per lab. There's a unique furniture set that can be collected from raiding them, six building blocks, two cosmetic armor pieces, and there are four different enemies that can spawn with one additional mini-boss. I normally ignored this dungeon since I could easily skip it and kill bosses, even with the starting gear I had, so I could skip straight to better gear. But, if I want to be careful with how I do things, then raiding this dungeon and finding some others to get all the unique items from it would be smart. Plus, if I can get all the unique items from these dungeons, then I can create the Failed Experiments Ego, since that mod is active. That ego is actually pretty great, since it combines the effects of two accessories and the unique debuff from the weapons. If we get lucky, we'd only have to raid this lab and two more to complete the set. Alright, let's... I looked at Ninja and noticed that she looked pretty confused. Something wrong? I asked her. Ninja shook her head and said, No, Lord Player, it is just... You are so knowledgeable. I am impressed that you know so much about this already. Listening to you talk reminds me of just how much I do not know of the world, especially this one that I've been brought to. I'm just a nerd who spent so much time playing a video game and reading the wiki pages on it that I've got all this memorized. Knowledge is knowledge, my lord. Even if you do not respect the reason for having it, the truth is that you know it, and it is of use to you. Does that not make it respectable? I guess I can't argue against that. Anyways, let me take the lead. You've had the lead for long enough. Ninja's ears flattened a bit against the top of her head. If that is what you wish, my lord. It is. All right, let's... A high-pitched feminine wailing sound came from within the dungeon, followed by sobbing that went away after a few seconds. My lord, there is somebody in there! Ninja said, looking ready to jump in and go in search of who she thought was there. But I held an arm out in front of her and said, It's an enemy known as the Shrieking Experiment. The lore is that she was a woman who was turned into a sort of half-zombie, and all she does now is cry and shriek. She acts harmless until you're close to her, and then she jumps at you and tries to attack you with nails that have warped into sharp claws. She's a somewhat rare monster for the dungeon. What a tragic fate. Don't worry, it's just made-up lore. 
She was spawned into this universe as the Shrieking Experiment already. That may be so, but... Do you not still feel bad for her? Considering that she's just a monster with no soul or feelings and exists only to jump-scare players who get close to her without realizing it? Uh, not really. I see. I'm not used to such a world, so I will do my best to remember that. Don't worry. If you feel bad for her at all, you won't once you see her try to kill us. I looked at the entrance again. All right, let's go. Guy didn't want us to keep her waiting for long, remember? Of course. With that, I stepped through the doorway with my The Watcher's Flail drawn. It was my heaviest hitting weapon, and the enemies in this mini-dungeon were ones that I wanted to kill as quickly as possible. And I remembered the reason for that within seconds of walking through the bloody hallway. More shrieking, but masculine this time, and far more horrifying than sad-sounding. A black and red zombie that looked like a burn victim came around the corner at the end of the hallway, and it ran full speed at us. Not only did it run, but it ran on all fours, on its back. So its torso was facing upwards as it practically galloped at us while using its arms as legs, too. It was a pretty disturbing sight, honestly. I hated how it looked, even in the game. And seeing it in person was way worse. I even noticed Ninja take a step back. For the first time, I saw what could be described as a scared expression on her face. Her tail even tucked itself between her legs. As disturbing as the enemy was, seeing it scared Ninja made me want to kill it even more. But I didn't get to. The zombie was charging at me pretty quickly, but something else charged back at it even faster. Mimic. Mimic flew right into the zombie, crashing into its head, and killed it in an instant. Even though the enemies in the mini-dungeon were supposed to be difficult, Mimic was still really overpowered for this tier of progression. More importantly, I looked at Ninja and asked her, You all right? Ninja took a deep breath and sighed. <sighs> yes, my lord. I was... Not expecting such a fearsome enemy. I feel ashamed to admit it, but that frightened me. I get it. Honestly, the game, well, world, will go pretty deep into horror aesthetics at times. Especially body and elder horror. This dungeon is probably the scariest thing we'll get for a while, though. Unless you're afraid of spiders. Spiders are no issue to me. Seeing a man with such decayed skin run at us in such a way, however. There'll be more of them, unfortunately. I was almost tempted to ask her if she wanted to sit the mini-dungeon out, but I couldn't. If she was serious about wanting to fight with me and protect me, then she was going to have to get used to the dangers of the world. That included getting used to pretty horrifying-looking monsters. Let's keep... I heard a pounding sound coming from the ceiling. That was unlike anything in the original game. Then when I looked up, I noticed something. There were vents. The ventilation system didn't exist in the original game, and it wasn't something that any mods added either. Only a second later, and the vent's cover burst open as a child-sized zombie jumped through it, and the zombie managed to crash onto my arm, forcing me to take damage and then bit into it. 
I thought I felt pain before, but none of it compared to the feeling of a zombie literally tearing a huge chunk of flesh off of my arm. Lord Player! Ninja shouted, and the next thing I saw was a zombie's body being cut in half by her blade. She then tried to grab onto my arm to check it out, but I took it away from her and started down the hallway instead. Lord Player, wait! I can't, I said. We need to hurry up and kill more. There's no time. I looked down at my arm and saw my veins around the bite mark slowly turning black, spreading both down and up my arm. When I focused my vision upward toward where my buffs and debuffs were shown, I saw exactly what I knew would already be there. The Experimental Contagion debuff. Normal zombies on the surface couldn't spread the debuff, but all enemies inside of the mini-dungeon could. The debuff, upon hitting its time limit, instantly killed the infected player while preventing healing during it. 180 seconds. That was all I had until I died. The good news was that a cure for the debuff had a 10% chance of dropping from any zombie monster that spawned in the dungeon. The bad news was that not only was I infected already and down to 160 seconds, but a chunk of my arm was missing, and I was at risk of passing out from blood loss if it continued. There were vents which never existed in-game, alongside child zombies that didn't exist either, and I was still on the world's hardest difficulty. That meant even with some armor, that one attack did nearly a third of my health and damage. Mimic, I need you to go on a murder spree, I said while walking alongside it. Kill as many zombies as you can, as quickly as you can. Mimic pointed at my arm with its tongue. Don't worry about me, just listen, all right? Mimic withdrew its tongue into its body and hopped ahead of me. Ninja, meanwhile, kept trying to get a look at my arm while we hurried through the hall. I don't want to freak her out by making her worry about me, but I was being stupid. I was in an extremely dangerous situation, and I couldn't worry about not making her worry. If anything, she had every right to be worried. I'm going to die within the next couple of minutes unless I get a rare drop from one of these zombies, I told her. I've been infected with a virus that's spreading. Ninja stopped walking, closed her eyes, and took a deep breath. She then lifted her hood up over her head and brought her mask up over her face's lower half. I will not allow such demonic rabble to bring harm to my lord. I am going ahead, my lord. Before I could say or do anything, Ninja took off around the corner with her sword drawn. I wanted to shout and tell her to be careful, but I failed to. A searing pain shot through my whole body as soon as I opened my mouth and I felt my body growing hot and my vision dark. It took me a few seconds just to be able to move again. Once I could, I limped around the corner and saw what Mimic and Ninja got up to in the short amount of time I lost sight of them for. Ahead of me was a large room that looked like it was supposed to be the lab's old cafeteria or something. There were rows of tables and benches, serving areas for food and drinks, and flickering lights hanging from the ceiling. Of course, there were also blood splatters all over the room. But more importantly, there were dozens of monster drops scattered across the room already. 
Mimic was in the process of jumping straight into another enemy at the far end of the room, and Ninja was masterfully evading every attack her way before countering with precise slashes of her own. The room was barely lit, yet Ninja's bright blue eyes stood out to me in the darkness. There was something beautiful about seeing her go from enemy to enemy with incredible skill. Even as blood sprayed onto her, staining her clothes and the uncovered portion of her face alike, she was beautiful and seriously badass. This must be what he meant about you being a warrior wife, I said, before scanning the room some more to see if the item dropped yet. And fortunately, it did. Mimic had started going down another hall at the opposite end of the room, and one of the zombies it killed to go that way had dropped what I needed. It looked like a hypodermic syringe filled with green fluid. I tried running over to it, but my body felt like it was burning up to the point where I fell over as soon as I took another step forward. Ninja! I shouted. By Mimic! That needle! I wasn't sure if she would know what a syringe was, but I figured she knew what a needle was and it was close enough of a description. Ninja snapped her attention to where I pointed, saw what I meant, and ran over it while jumping over any table in her path. It only took her a few seconds to reach it and pick it up, and then she came running over to me as quickly as she could. But those beautiful blue eyes became filled with fear as she looked in my direction. Player! Behind you! I rolled over onto my back, which took all of my energy to do, just in time to see a zombified woman standing over me with long black hair that covered up most of her torso. Her eyes were pure red, black veins bulged against her skin, and her dislocated jaw showed off all her sharp teeth. Then she let out her signature shriek and thrust her clawed hands down at me. Between me already missing health and how much damage I knew she could do. I was sure that I was dead. There was no way I was going to survive an attack from her. Sorry, I thought. I fucked up. Guide, mimic, ninja. I had no idea what was going to happen to them after I died. I had no idea what was going to happen to myself, either. But I was more worried about them. And that was why I couldn't let myself die. I opened my eyes and used whatever remaining strength I had to roll out of the zombie's attack just barely in time. It hurt an insane amount just to move, and I felt like I had to fight my body for every single centimeter that I moved it. But I fucking moved it. Of course, that alone wasn't enough. I was still right next to her claws, and she really wanted to kill me. But there was one other thing worth mentioning about the shrieking experiment. She had really skinny limbs, especially her legs. There was practically no meat anywhere on her body, and the meat she did have was mostly rotten. Standing up hurt too much, but kicking my foot as hard as I could into her knee was doable. And that was enough to break her leg and send her right calf's bone out through the back of her leg. With that, she fell over and bought me enough time to see Ninja's sword fly straight through her head. 
but the shrieking experiment's health was high enough that a single attack from a sword, even if it went through her brain, wasn't enough to kill her. Me breaking her leg didn't even do any damage to her, considering it wasn't a real attack. It was a real attack, but not a real attack as far as the game-like world was concerned. Not that it mattered much. Ninja's thrown blade might not have killed the zombie, but it did push her back and buy Ninja time to reach us. The shrieking experiment swung her claws at Ninja, but Ninja stepped out of the way as if it was the easiest thing in the world to do, while simultaneously pulling her blade out from the zombie's head. And then, she severed the shrieking experiment's head from her body. Had you targeted me, I may have felt pity for you, Ninja said. But you forfeit your life and my pity for it when you target my lord. The next thing she did was drop to her knees next to me with the syringe in hand. My lord, I... Stab it into me! Anywhere! Just hurry! I grunted out. Ninja nodded and did as I asked, stabbing the syringe, pretty roughly, into my arm nearest to her. It wasn't the arm that got bit, but it shouldn't have mattered since the world wanted to behave like a game. And it didn't matter, thankfully. The instant the syringe's fluid was pumped into my arm, the debuff disappeared. My vision went back to normal, and that burning sensation spreading through my body was gone. When I looked at my bitten arm, the black veins were rapidly fading until they were all gone just a couple of seconds later. My health finally started to passively recover too, thanks to the buff from eating but I still took out one of my minor healing potions and downed it to help it recover faster. Unfortunately, all that did was restore my game health, not my real health, and my arm was still missing a chunk out of it and was bleeding. And then I got a new achievement. New achievement! Zombie Gone! Awarded for being infected with the zombie virus and finding a cure before it's too late! Too bad it's not always that easy in zombie games, right? Reward. Hazmat suit. I might have been in pain and almost died, but I still appreciated the pun. Ninja, I said, focusing on what was most important. Cut off the bottom of my pants and tie it around my arm. We need to minimize the bleeding. With a nod, Ninja got to work cut off a few inches of my pants at the bottom right leg, and then cut that in half so that it was a long strip. A moment later, and she was tying that as tightly as she could around my bitten arm, behind where the bite was, helping to cut off the blood flow through the wound. <sighs> Thanks, you saved... Before I could finish my sentence, Ninja practically threw herself onto me, tightly wrapping her arms around me as she pressed her face down against my neck. She didn't say anything, but I could feel her trembling against me. I brought my hand up to the back of her head, pulled the hood down, and then stroked my hand through her hair. Sorry I made you worry. Are you truly safe now? Ninja asked, her voice sounding so... vulnerable. Yeah, but let's get out of here. We need a better plan before we come back here. I might know everything about this place as far as the original game went, but there are new enemies and traps here that didn't exist before. Ninja nodded, 
Can you stand? Yeah, I'm good to walk around on my own again. Ninja kept her arms around me until she helped me back up onto my own two feet. And once I was standing again, I noticed something on the ground where the shrieking experiment had died. All I had to do was take one step closer to it, and it got sucked into my inventory. Z-tracking implant added to inventory. That was what I needed to create the boss summoning item to summon the zombie Goliath. I knew that the zombies in the labs had a higher chance of dropping it, but I wasn't expecting to find one so soon. I might not have gotten around to finding any of the chests in the lab, but I got something that was arguably even better. Let's go home, I told Ninja. We've kept Guide waiting for long enough. I agree, my lord, Ninja replied. Hey, you think she's going to be mad at me for getting hurt? Tremendously. Well, as long as she doesn't find out about the virus that almost killed me. She will. I... I don't suppose I can talk you out of telling her about that. That is one request I will not follow, my lord. Honestly, I was more scared of Guide than I was of any of the zombie monsters in the mini-dungeon. Thank you for joining us on another thrilling adventure of Uncharted Territory. The excitement, danger, and magic of Uncharted Territory continues to unfold, and we can't wait to share what's in store for our next episode. So... Mark your calendars, because next Friday, we'll dive back into the game world for more action, mystery, and unexpected twists. Before we part ways, remember that your feedback and support keep this journey alive. If you have any questions, comments, or fan theories, tweet at us at utpod-we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep exploring!